to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hey, everybody, it's Jody Katz, your host of Where Brains Meet Beauty podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Today's episode features Minon Crespi. She's the co founder and CEO of Minon De Source. And if you missed last week's episode, it featured Frederick Fakai. He's the founder of Fakai and the co-founder of Best Deed. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am so excited to be here with Manon Crespi. She is the co-founder and CEO of Manon Source. Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Well, thank you. It's fun to be here. Um, so I'm really excited to talk about um, your history, your background, your journey in your career. Um, but I'm going to start with something that you said when we had our intake call that really made me laugh and really express what it's like to be an entrepreneur. You told me it's like sipping water out of a fire hydrant. Yes, that's absolutely true. I'm always learning something new. Just like today, I didn't realize voice memo is on my phone. But it is. And uh, yeah, there's always something new to learn. And I guess that's what does keep me going every day. So you didn't start your career as a beauty entrepreneur. um, But let's talk a little bit about the entrepreneurial journey. Then we'll go back in time to what got us here. Um, You are in the process of building a hair care brand um, specifically formulated for gray hair. Yes. I so, like to call it natural silver hair. Oh, yes, natural silver. Hair. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. So um, where are you in the process? When are you going to be launching? We have, we have our four formulations completely done. We have our bottle design. We're ready to go to manufacture the bottles. And um, I think we should be launching probably in October. That's the goal. With COVID-19, it's kind of obviously changed things a little bit. But um, yeah, we did an Indiegogo campaign like a week before COVID-19 hit us. So that, needless to say, wasn't a spectacular turnout, but we're still aiming for October. That's so exciting. So um, I'm imagining there's a lot of um, water coming out of that fire hydrant right now, things to learn. Um, you told me that learning about the chemistry of the product has been really um, fascinating. Tell me what you've learned there. Well, um, I've learned, I haven't, I'm definitely not going to get an A in chemistry. So I learned highlights of how our products work and how they work together. Um, one of the biggest things that we learned, we, we took a survey of several of my Instagram followers who have natural silver hair. And one of the, the three biggest things that they struggle with, and I do too, um, but I just, you know, it's not about me. It's about my silver sister community. Um, we learned that the pain points are dry hair, coarse hair, and yellowing. When you have natural silver hair, it's really easy for it to get yellow. So that was the way it works for me with my uh, manufacturing partner is I tell the chemist this is the outcome or the performance that I want for this product. These ladies struggle with coarser, drier hair, so every single product needs to be super hydrating and conditioning. 
And so that is, that's definitely uh, the biggest thing that I would say differentiates our product. And so that was, so yeah, lots of conditioning things are in there. I learned about different botanicals and, you know, uh, floral and fruit botanical extracts and things like that. Our secret um, ingredient is the pearl. So I, I chose that ingredient because of its benefits of uh, rejuvenation and collagen that it adds to the formulas, but also because of my jewelry background. I love pearls. I'm wearing pearls. Um, and also it's the universal symbol of wisdom, which by now in our 40s, 50s and over, I think we have accumulated quite a lot of wisdom. <laughs> so I think I've over answered your question, but that's basically what I've learned lately about the ingredients is that there obviously are certain things that need to address our specific needs. Well, Minan, you helped me segue into the next part of storytelling, which is I want to go back in time now and talk about how um, someone who has a degree in broadcast production um, evolves through her career to end up starting um, a hair care line for natural silver hair but also is an influencer in this space around silver, natural silver hair. So take us back in time um, to, you know, what do you wanted to be when you grew up? That's a good question. I always wanted to be an actress when I grew up, <laughs> but I never had the confidence at the time when I was younger to actually go for it. So I chose broadcasting instead. Um, but I went to ASU, Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. Um, I hated the news. I hated how depressing it was. They never said anything positive. So I chose to do the production route. Um, I don't think I, I've steered that far away from it um, because I am constantly producing content. Uh, one of the learning curves is teaching myself how to edit video, light for video, things like that. That's going to be a huge part of our company is um, really engaging our, our customer with her story, her journey, what she's learned in her life, what she wants to share. And a lot of that will be writing, you know, videotaping, editing. So I'm still using those skills. Um, but yeah, soon after college, I met my husband. Got, I mean, he kissed me for the first time six weeks after we met. And we got married eight months later, got pregnant three months later, had four children in total, and was a stay-at-home mom for 15 years. And then uh, when I hit 40, that's when I re-entered the work world and found myself on a dual track of modeling. I did that in college, and so I started that up again in, um, here in Colorado. And... My dear friend, Kier Bodecker, who is a jewelry designer here in Boulder, um, who actually made these gorgeous Tahitian pearl earrings. Um, she was doing a startup herself and asked if I would help her. And so I, I did that part time. And that's kind of how I landed in, in the jewelry world and the uh, modeling world. And then toward the end of the jewelry part over the last few years, I completely evolved from helping her with her company to doing sales and marketing for other companies and then eventually was approached by a trade publication to do a trends feature in their magazine and then eventually after that started working for Elite Traveler which is a private jet travel magazine. 
writing about high jewelry for their website. So um, I did that for a few years and then because of the influencer thing, the following that started accumulating on my Instagram, um, I transitioned out of that and started doing more videos. Rare and beautiful, I don't know if you can see. I, I do, uh, I, well, it's expanded to people, places, and things, rare and beautiful people, places, and things, but I um, primarily had been interviewing jewelry designers. So how I got to the hair company is um, a couple years after I started modeling in my early 40s, I was an, an early adopter of embracing my natural silver hair. And um, because of that, had un, unbeknownst to me become somewhat of an inspiration to other women over the years who wanted to do the same thing. And I had girlfriends calling from all over the country saying, oh my gosh, Manon, if you, if you um, type gray hair in Pinterest search, your pictures come up everywhere. And I was just flabbergasted to say the least. I was, I was like, I don't even, how do you even get on Pinterest? I was so in the dark about it all. Um, but because of that, I get asked so many times about my hair, how I, how I did the hair transition, how I take care of it, what products do I use? And um, I decided, you know what? I wanna, I wanna tell people that I use my products because the truth is over the last 12 years, the types of products that I were using were products that were for dyed blonde hair, um, all the imagery around these brands were all young, gorgeous women, which I have no problem with young, gorgeous women. I just have a problem with them being my role model as an almost 55 year old woman. And so I thought, you know what? This is an opportunity. There's white space in the hair market. There's no brand, clear brand leader for natural Wait, silver Wait, you just hair. said there's, there's white space in the hair market, which is really funny because that's like, you know, it's double meaning because it's like white hair. Hey, yeah, <laughs> I like that. So, Manon, I just want to go back a second because you, you um, started off the conversation telling us that you wanted to be an actress, but you didn't have the courage at the time. Um, but then you turn 40 and decide to get back into the workforce, so you choose modeling, which is, you know, you know requires the same amount of courage. Um, what, what changed? Well, I, I did... For me, modeling, when I was in college, I, I modeled. And um, for me, it was kind of like my dip my toe in the water, you know, like uh, I'll start as a model and then I'll become an actress. Well, then my, my, all my values and goals changed. I met my husband and wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And so, um, but, but there's absolutely something amazing about turning 40, and that is you just stop caring as much about what other people think. You really begin to value the things in life that truly are eternal and intrinsic. And I mean, without sounding like a soapbox or the last thing I wanna do is sound like I'm talking down to someone, but I just, you get to a point where you really start to embrace the things that truly matter in life. Um, but I, but I do believe that the hair transition for me, anyone that's been through it, and if you're a silver sister watching this, you know, 
what the, what I'm talking about. You're kind, you kind of find yourself in, just as a metaphor, not for real, real, but you find yourself in the trenches of, oh my gosh, my hair is awful. I mean, I had silver hair, then orange hair, because I tried to, I had dyed black hair for years. And when I did my transition, there were no silver dye products on the market. There was nothing like that. But my hairstylist at the time tried to like tone down the black to try to make a sort of clean transition. Well, that didn't work. So for a year and a half, I had multiple colors. It was awful. And for whatever reason, I think 100% of every woman out there feels this way. Our hair is so incredibly important to us. I don't know why that is, but it is. A lot of our, you know, if we have a bad hair day, we pretty much have a bad day. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, not anymore, but you know, for sure, it's easy to, to feel that way. So our hair is really important. So when you're walking around for a year and a half with awful hair, you really have to learn to depend upon who you are on the inside more than what you look like on the outside. And um, I think that in and of itself is a courage builder. I think to be able to, especially at a time when not a lot of people were doing it, to be able to just, like going silver is one of the most courageous things I've ever done without even realizing it. I mean, I was just sick of dying my roots every three days, so that's why I did it. But in retrospect, it really was because people were just like, what are you doing? Why would you do that? Oh my gosh, what is going on with your hair? And when you, you go through that, you can either sink or soar, you know? And I think that, that that's definitely how my confidence grew by leaps and bounds. And then at that point, as a silver-haired woman, oh my gosh, people stopped me every three seconds because it was so weird for them, but also they liked it. And um, that's when I started putting myself out there to other markets for uh, modeling. So I signed with my, my iconic focus New York agency um, soon after it was all grown in and I had new images taken. And I mean, Patty called me within five minutes after she saw my picture. So once that happened, you know, they placed me with agencies all over the world and it just kind of went from there. So, but yes, I would say that transition really is a confidence builder, even though it doesn't seem like it would be. So this, this topic of reentering the workforce is super relevant. Um, I'm 44, so, you know, I have a lot of friends around me who were at stay at home and then are trying to figure out, you know, well, what, what is out there for me? Um, and this topic is also really interesting to our fans. Um, so at the moments that you were like, you know what, I want to start working again, what were some of the hardest things that you were um, encountering or what were the most challenging things you were thinking about at the time? Well, I have to say as a disclaimer, I'm, and I mean this with all of my heart, I'm very, very fortunate that I have a husband that has been our primary provider and that was a decision that we made before we got married. We, we talked about it. Um, we both wanted, we both had working parents. I had a single working parent. He, both his parents worked. He, you know, we both were latchkey kids. And um, so for us, we knew we wanted four kids. We knew we wanted me to stay home. And that was a precious gift 
that I wouldn't trade for anything. Um, but I say that because there are a lot of women that don't have that luxury. So I just want to acknowledge that, that I can't speak for those women. Sometimes I think those women, for one thing, they're a million times more strong than I am, for sure. Um, but I, a lot of times I think when they have that kind of pressure to, to succeed, I think they succeed 10 times more than I do. You know, I, there's something about that. Um, but for me, it was my friends and family would completely laugh at me right now because I have had so many incarnations. I have friends that say, I just, you know what I admire about you, Manon? I love how you just, you just reinvent yourself like every two years. <laughs> and it's hilarious. It's like, actually, I'm not trying to do that. It's just, that didn't work. So I'm going to try this now. So um, some things just, I think, too, kind of just happen. The Instagram following thing, that, that thing happened when my agency, when I kind of focused, said, hey, you know, we can't, we can't put your Instagram profile on our website until you get at least 3,000 followers. It's like, oh, man, that's going to be hard because I had like 1,500. And so I just made a commitment that every day I'm going to post. And that's what I did. And now it's been like two and a half years later and there's over 45,000. But I also think that that correlation is the spike in more and more women over 40 wanting to embrace their silver hair. I do, th I mean, almost 70% of my followers are women 35 and older. So I think that it mostly has something to do with the hair. So it's so interesting that your friends observe the, um, like the every two years is sort of re-evaluating re who you are um, as, you know, like a, um, a choice because it's probably you just being really smart in that moment and pivoting to what's working. Um, you know, I think it's not, it's not just for women over 40 reentering the, the work world. Right. I mean, even myself, like, well, my agency 14 years ago when I started, it's not the same as it was then. Like this marketplace just requires you to keep pivoting, keep moving, keep eva evolving, yeah. right? Because if you stand still, you get nowhere, right? That's exactly right? like maybe 40 years ago, standing still and just doing the same thing every day was fine, but that doesn't work anymore. So it's really your response to the marketplace that's allowed you to continue to grow and evolve. But it's it's yeah. it's funny that friends see it as like a choice, like as if like, well, yeah, today <laughs> I'm going to be something else. Like, you know, it's, they're um, probably just being nice. They're probably just, you know, like teasing me. But <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's a really important um, note to make for people who are feeling insecure about their career choices or what what type of career is ahead of them that um, it's not it's not linear it's not a straight line right I also think I absolutely agree with you and I think that it, it's really important to recognize opportunities you know um, when that woman said you know I love your I was at a trade show in Las Vegas a jewelry trade show and she said I love your sense of style do you think you could do a trends feature for our magazine and I said absolutely on the inside I was like I don't know if I can do it, but I'm going to do it, you know, and it's, it's recognizing those opportunities, not being afraid, you know, that's the thing too. Just try. The worst thing that can happen is failure and who cares? 
you're 40 now or you're whatever you are it don't care what people think just do you you know right so if your law if your path um was you know helping a friend with her jewelry line then um getting a writing opportunity and getting some modeling opportunities they probably seem really zigzaggy right but now with the collection that you're launching in a few months then it starts to stretch out into a straight line right because you were inspired by the jewelry um, it's part of who you are. Your modeling is yeah. what gave you an audience um, and fans yeah. because of your hair, right? And now you have a product <laughs> line that's there to support them in their hair journey, right? So, like, yes. once you stretch it out and give it more time to breathe, it be- it really does become a straight line. But when you're in it, it's crazy zigzaggy and swirly. Yes, definitely. It's that tapestry kind of thing where the top of it is so gorgeous, but when you flip it over, it's a bunch of knotted threads and that's just the beauty of life. It's like you, you take the good with the bad, the, you, the trials with the triumphs, and you, you, know, at, you, know, you can just stop and look back and just say, wow, what a beautiful tapestry this has turned out to be. So let's just um, shift gears for a second because um, I have a lot of admiration for influencers. This is a very hard job. And I think um, people who aren't aware of the amount of work that goes into it really probably think it's a piece of cake. Um, but you know, I've tried to make a video and it doesn't work, right? It doesn't work. It's hard. So, um, can you talk to us a little bit about like what, what it takes to influence, um, you know, what, what is the work behind the scenes that's required? Well, you know, one thing is for sure, you don't want to disenfranchise the people that are looking to you for advice about things. So yes there is an opportunity to make money on promoting things with ads and things like that. But I definitely turn companies down because I know I would never wear that jewelry. I would never wear those shoes, you know, and I just, I can't in good conscience. So that's number one. Can be hard when you really want to make some money to turn that down, but, but you have to, uh, to maintain your integrity. Um, the, the other difficult part for me is my house is not conducive to fantastic lighting. I live in this, we live close to the mountains here in Boulder and it's very, you know, mountain homey feeling and I wanted it to be cozy. And that was a long time ago before I was doing this. So it's like, I go to every room in the house thinking I'm going to get good light and I don't. So I had to figure out the lighting situation. So, um, that can be hard. Um, just... Yeah, I think I think capturing capturing the content in a way that you feel good about how you look while you're also showing the product in a good light. Um, I think it's not so much a challenge for me, but I think it can be a challenge for people. But just having your authentic voice. I think, well, I know we live in a culture that really requires authenticity especially in social media and i do you know i see people's instagram profiles and and it feels clunky and awkward because they're saying it seems like they're saying what they think they should say when in reality just say what you want to say say what you know what's the first thing comes to your mind you know so um yeah i think for me, the toughest part is finding the good light. Everything else, I, I just have had to learn that you also have to be willing to learn. 
You got to be willing to sip water out of a fire hydrant for sure. Well, Manon, this has been so interesting. I'm so excited to know you. Your hair is really beautiful. It's very inspiring. Oh, thank you. I tell everybody that Zoom is amazing because you can't actually see the grays. Like, there's, it doesn't look <laughs> like there's anything happening. Um, but you are, I can see why you're an inspiration to many women. Um, oh, thank so you. So thank you so much for your wisdom. And for our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this interview. Please subscribe to our series on iTunes. And for updates about the show, follow us on Instagram at Where Brains Meet Beauty Podcast. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.